messages for us today. Let's all stand and welcome with the first show to chapel services. Thank you, brother. Well, amen. Appreciate you being here this morning. I know you all had a choice to make if you're going to come or not come, and I'm thankful that you all decided just to come. And because uh, you know the reason you didn't want to stay in bed this morning, and you have a great desire to hear the preaching of God's word, right? Because you love God's word, you love souls, and you love Jesus. Amen. That's why you're here. You don't love sleep, you don't love your pillow, and uh, you love just giving your life to the Lord. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to John chapter number four. John chapter number four. And I'm going to do something in this, we'll say this hour. Um, that I have, haven't done before. Uh, normally I'll try to give a uh, motivational challenge to the student body to accomplish the task that's before us. Uh, but this morning I just felt that I had a message already prepared and ready to preach this morning, but then this morning as I was kind of going over my notes, um, the Lord just redirected everything this morning at about 4.30 this morning. How many of you were up at 4.30 this morning? I guess I was the only one. Okay. And um, the Lord just changed the whole thing. And so we're going we're gonna to do something a little bit different than what I would normally do in this setting. Uh, but I pray that um, God would be pleased and glorified before it. And I pray that it would be a help and encouragement to you. But John chapter number, f- number 4 is probably one of my favorite soul winning stories about the Samaritan woman and, and uh, how Jesus broke through the barriers. You know, she was a Samaritan and... And she was a woman, and, and she certainly wasn't a Sunday school-going type of a woman. And, but Jesus broke through all those barriers because she had a soul. And because he looked beyond that and realized uh, that she was going to spend eternity someplace. And so he took the initiative uh, to begin that conversation with her. And through that conversation and that initiative, uh, she came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And as we think about that story, let's pick it up in verse number 34, where Jesus said unto them, now referring to the disciples now, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look unto the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, and that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And here is that saying, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereupon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. Verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, And here's what she said. He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come to him, they they besought him and that he would tarry with them. And he abode about three days or two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Let's pray together. Father, we do want to thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your grace. And thank you for loving us. And thank you for the joy it is to know you as our Savior. I pray that you'd bless this time now. I pray that, um, Father, your will would be accomplished in every heart and every life. And I pray that because of that, eternity would be impacted. And we sure love you and thank you for 
being our Savior, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As I think about our Savior, I think of his earthly ministry and, and all that he accomplished while he was on this planet. It started in Luke chapter number 2, when Jesus was there in the synagogue, and he said this I, to his mom, he said, I must be about my father's business. Now think about that. I, I believe he was 12 years old. At 12 years old, he had laser-like focus on what his heavenly father called him to do. Now, every one of us in this room are, are older than 12 years old. I wonder if we have that laser-like focus in what God wants to accomplish through our lives. At 12 years old. Now, think about that. At 12, my, grand, my oldest granddaughter is nine. And I'll tell you what, she's all over the board. She does not have laser-like focus on anything. But here it is, at 12, Jesus knew what his life was all about. Now let me ask you this question. Do you know what your life is all about? Now at the end of his life, one of the last sayings he said on the cross is, in John chapter number 19, it is finished. In Luke 2, he says this, I must be about my father's business. Here in John chapter number 4, he says, I must finish the work that he called me to do. He told his disciples, lift up your eyes and look into the fields. They are white already into the harvest. In John chapter 9, he said this. He, says, I'm, he said, the night cometh when no man can work. He said, I came to do what God called me to do. And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And just a few hours later, there on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. In other words, when Luke chapter 2, when he said, I must be about my father's business, in John chapter number 19, he finished what God called him to do. Now you and I, we're at this stage of our journey in our spiritual life. We are on the winning side. We, are, we have been saved and we have a purpose, a mission that is before us. And that is to take the life-changing message of Jesus Christ to everyone that we possibly can. Now, I know in this room, we, we've got a spectrum of people that are very confident in sharing the gospel. Uh, there's a sense of boldness. There's a, a sense of, I know how to do this. And then there's others on the other end of the spectrum that you are scared to death about this day. You're wondering, where you, can you hide? Can I go to Starbucks and not find anybody there? Can I go to Jamba Juice where no one's there? Can I go to Sugary Donuts? You don't want to go there. It's dangerous. Um, you know, you're thinking, where can I go and hide today? Because, man, this scares me to death to go and knock on doors. Now, to be quite honest with you, uh, when I started doing this, I was on this end of the spectrum. I was scared to death. I mean, to think that God wanted to use me to go out and tell somebody about the Lord, I said, no way, that's not for me, Jose. But here it is. When I was uh, 15 years old, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I grew up in a Roman Catholic home, um, mostly by name only. Uh, my dad went to church two times a year, Christmas and Easter. That's when my dad was religious. And my job at Christmas time, because we always went to the midnight mass, my job was to keep dad awake. And boy, I'll tell you what, dad did not like to stay awake in church. I kept on elbowing him. <laughs> and uh, dad, stay awake, stay awake. Uh, okay, son. And uh, that was my job. But when I was about 15 years old, my sister went to a Christian church. 
Went to a Baptist church. Now, I, up to that point, I'll be quite honest with you, I thought everybody was Catholic. I didn't even know what, even what a Baptist was. I didn't even know if there was even such a thing as a Baptist church. No idea. But my sister went to this church, and she got saved. Now, remember that there was a change that took place in her life. I can remember, just as a 15-year-old teen, she was 19 years old, and uh, I, I know this, her music changed. Her music changed. Now, I, I used to listen to rock and roll music. I was 15 years old. I wasn't saved, but I used to listen to it. And my sister said, oh, you, you shouldn't be listening to that. And I said, well, why not? It's cool. Man, it's hip, man. This is great. And uh, she said, no, no, that's not good. And not only that, then her dress changed. I mean, her outward appearance changed. But more importantly than that, she was nice to me finally. And I liked that. It was always a bad day when my sister would beat up on me. How many of you had an older sister that beat up on you? All right, that's why I have a problem with, uh, you know, my self-esteem uh, because, you know, I had a sister that would beat me up all the time. And that is a bad day, let me tell you that. What's wrong with you? I got beat up by my sister, you know. And a terrible. But she got saved and she invited me to church. I said, I don't want to go to church. You know, church is good for you. It's made a difference. You know, I don't want to go. But then she pulled out this little card. She says, well, there's a pretty girl there that I want you to meet. Now, hey, at 15 years old, you go anywhere to meet a pretty girl. Right, guys? Hey. All right. I'd go anywhere. So I went. I went to church. And I'll be honest with you, it wasn't for the revival. It wasn't for the mission. It wasn't for the preaching. It wasn't for the word of God. It was to meet, one, uh, meet a girl. And I remember walking into that church. And, and, and no, first thing I noticed, everybody was kind of, was nice. And everybody talked to you. That was weird for me. But then I saw the girls, and I saw one girl. I said, ah, I wouldn't mind meeting her. And I saw another girl. Oh, I hope it's not her. And, you know, I just, you know, just kind of scoping it out, just uh, all outward appearance, okay, all right? Fleshly, yes, okay? Um, and so I'm looking at these different girls and saying, no, 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 maybe, okay, I wouldn't mind meeting her. And I remember walking up the stairs and looking down this hallway, and I saw this girl. Have you ever been smitten by something? Well, I was smitten. All right, the love bug hit me. And I looked at that girl and I think, whoa. Wow. <laughs> she is, we, we would, I don't know what you say now, but we would say back then, right, Dr. R? She's a babe. <laughs> now, I'm not sure what you call them now. I have no idea. All right, what do they call them now? You're a little bit younger than I am. Not a babe. Not a babe, okay. <laughs> I don't know what you call them now, but she was a babe. All right? And I looked at her and said, whoa, whoa. And I, so I was standing in the church in there, and, and they're singing and all that. My sister was in the choir. I don't know how she did that. Um, but she came down, and she stood next to me, and she said, you see any pretty girls? I said, yeah. I said, the piano player. She leaned over, and she said, well, that's the girl I want you to meet. Oh, I said, I like church. <laughs> yes. Three to five, three to five, three to five, three to thrive. <laughs> Man, I was ready. And boy, after church, I, I remember uh, my sister introduced me to this girl, and I, I remember I was just like stunned in her beauty. Of course, she had a heart for God, too. I wanted to kind of say that, you know, and that was very important to me. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and then I looked at her, and I said, hi, my name is Jerry. What's your name? She goes, well, my name is Bonnie. I said, hi, Bonnie. That's the most beautiful name I've ever heard in my life. Would you have to go on a date? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> And she just walked away. But I tell you what, I started going to church all the time. And the whole idea was not because not of the love for God's word. No. 
It was to talk to that girl. Not even talk to her. I mean, she didn't like me at all. She thought I was weird. I just looked at her. Not even look at her, I drooled. Oh. Some, like some of you. Yeah, I understand. Some of you are drooling right now because you're sleeping, but that's okay. But it was the same idea. I was mad. I was just. And then God began to get a hold of my heart. I went to summer camp. Now, I'll be honest with you. Some of these videos that they used to show about summer camp were very deceitful. Because all they show was all these games and activities. They didn't tell you about God and I time and preaching in the morning, preaching in the afternoon, and preaching at night. They didn't tell you anything about that. So I was kind of deceived to go into this thing. And so I remember, uh, we, weren't still, we weren't dating then, but and I don't even, she knew I was on the planet, but that was really about it. And so she signed up for this class called personal evangelism. I had no idea what that was. I like the word personal. <laughs> and I was very evangelistic towards her. Amen. I was trying to win her, okay? Not to Jesus, but to me. And um, so I signed up for that class. I had no idea what it was, but I signed up for it. And I remember walking in that class, and one of the, one of the counselors grabbed me and said, where are you going, young man? I said, I'm going into this class. Oh, no, you can't. I said, well, I signed up for it. Well, you can't go in. I said, well, why not? Your hair's too long. Now, this is in the 60s and 70s where, you know, it was cool to have long hair, like Jesus in all the pictures. You know, I was trying to be like Jesus, all right? And my hair was long, and, you know, and he said, no, you can't go in there because your hair's too long. You need to get a haircut. And I said, well, there's no barbershop here. Oh, yes, there is. I said, where? Well, there's a chair right there. I said, well, that's not a barbershop. Oh, yes, it is. He pulled out a pair of scissors. He said, do you want to go in there? I said, well, yes. He said, well, then sit down. So I got a haircut. Now, it wasn't my very best haircut. It wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. So I got a haircut just to go into that little personal evangelism class. The whole idea is because Bonnie was in there. And I just wanted to look at her. I wanted to drool. I had no idea what Tom Farrell said that whole week. I had no idea. But I do know this. At the end of that week, we got loaded up a bus. And we went to Bernard and to pass out tracks. And I got teamed up with a, a guy, and another teenager. And, and I said, man, I'm glad I'm going out with you. And he said, well, why? Because I said, I've never done this before. I, I have no idea what to say. He said, I've never done this either. And I said, why did they hook us up together? <laughs> you know? And neither one of us knew what to do. And we were scared of our own shadow. So we're both standing up, Brother Shepherd. We were standing there holding on to our tracks like they're $100 bills. People would walk, and we kind of turn around and kind of just do a holy huddle here. Because we didn't want to talk to anybody. We were scared to death. And then one of the counselors come in, you know, like, like Dr. R. And he come up to us and says, hey, how are you boys doing? We're doing okay. You know, just like how you respond when he talks to you. <laughs> and he said, how many tracks did you pass? Well, uh, 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 none. And then he kind of, oh, come on, you all can do it. You know, you live in America, and it's wonderful. And... and uh, <laughs> And so he kind of gave us a quick challenge there, and he kind of said, okay, can you at least pass out 10 apiece? And we both said, yeah, okay, we'll could do, we could do 10. So he walks away. And I looked at my partner and said, okay, you do the first one. <laughs> you know? He said, no, you do the first one. I said, okay. And so a guy comes walking down the street, and he's probably about, I don't know, 45 years old or something, you know, real old. And, um, and he started coming, I said, and I I stopped him. I said, sir, let me give you some good news that tells you how you can go to heaven. I gave him the track, and I ran. I ran. I ran. 
running unto Jesus. Amen? I was running, man. But I stopped, and I turned around, and I looked at him. And guess what he was doing? He was reading that track. And at that moment, it was like God touched my heart with this simple statement. This is what I want you to do. And I'll be honest with you, I had no idea what I was doing. But I looked at him and I thought, wow. As a 15-year-old teenager, really didn't know anything about the Bible. But I realized that God could use somebody like me. After my salvation, that was probably the most defining moment in my life. When just that little view, thank you, Brother Shepherd. Just seeing that man read that track. We go back to our home church now in Chicago, and I got teamed up with our youth leader. His name was Tom. My name's Jerry. Every Saturday morning, we went out, Tom and Jerry. And I tell you, what, I was the silent partner. And I'll be honest with you, I was the world's greatest silent partner. You know why? Because I never talked. I prayed. I played with dogs. I played with kids. I'd answer the telephone. I'm sorry, they, you know, Mr. Smith is real busy right now. He'll call you back. I'd answer the door. Man, I, I, I would run interference. I was the very best, but I never interrupted Tom. And I tell you, what, it was awesome. I mean, we saw people saved, and, and man, we were rejoicing. And then I remember this very bad day, probably one of the worst days of my life, when Tom looked at me and says, next week you're talking. What? I said, no, you're the talker, I'm the silent partner. No, you're talking. I said, no, I'm not. He says, yes, you are. And so that whole week, I practiced sharing the gospel in the bathroom. I, I really did. You thought, you're crazy. No, I did. I, I looked in the mirror, I said, sir, let me ask you a question. If you died right now, are you 100% sure you spend eternity in heaven? Uh, no, I don't. What would you like to know? Yeah. Well, the Bible says right here that you can know. I mean, I'd go through all those verses. And, and honestly, I, I practiced the responses and everything I could think of. I, I went all the way up to Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the shall be saved. What a wonderful promise. And I, I would just stop right there. And I remember that first set when we went out that Saturday morning. We went up this door and Tom goes, okay, it's your turn to knock. So I, I, this is no exaggeration. I went to that door and I knocked this loud. I said, no one's home. <laughs> and I, put the, I was ready to put the, Tom says, knock. So I knocked a little bit louder. He said, are you going to knock or are you going to make me knock? So I knocked. And I started praying, Lord Jesus, come quickly. <laughs> I didn't even know what the rapture was, but I was praying for it. And, and guess what? No one answered the door. Man, I tell you what, I said, Lord Jehovah, thank you for answering my prayer. <laughs> I put that track in that door and I looked at Tom and said, the next one's yours. You know, I thought, I thought I did my one door. But after Tom's door was Jerry's door. After Tom's door was Jerry's door. And I remember knocking on this door and the guy's name was Steve and Steve opened the door. I was, at this time, I was probably 16 now. Um, and... Steve opened the door, and Steve was probably about 25, 26 years old, so a little bit older than me. And I asked him, I said, Steve, let me ask you a question. If you, know, if you died today, are you 100% sure you'd spend eternity in heaven? He says, no, I don't know that. I said, would you like to know? He said, yes. And well, I tell you what, I went through that plan of salvation. I Man, I talked about sin and 
death and the punishment of sin and God's provision, God's wonderful um, love. Talked about his gift. But when I got to Romans 10, 13, to be honest with you, I didn't practice anything after that. Because I never thought that would ever lead somebody to Christ. So I got to Romans 10, 13, where it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I said, Steve, here's a wonderful promise. It says, For whosoever, that's anybody, that's you, that's me, that's anybody, shall call. You've got to ask for it. The Bible says you will be saved, not probably, not hopefully, but you shall be. That's God's promise. And I knew this. I knew this. I knew enough to say this. Would you like to receive this? Mr. Shepherd, <laughs> he said yes. And honestly, I was just frozen. I did not know what to do. All I knew was this. I said, Tom... You have to take it over. So I stepped back, and then Tom kind of recapped everything and just led Steve into the sinner's prayer. And once again, I walked away realizing that God has a desire to use people just like me. And may I say this? God has a desire to use people just like you. Amen. Now, how can God use us? This morning, I want to just share with you some principles that I pray that would be help, a help to you for today and also throughout your life. Now listen, some of you in here, you know how to do it, okay? From me to Brother Shepherd to Dr. R to everybody in this room that who's scared to death. But here it is. We may know how to do it, but here's the question. When was the last time you did do it? When was the last time you led somebody to Christ out in the community? And I'm not talking about in your Sunday school class or you preach and someone walked down the aisle and someone got saved. But I'm talking about when you knocked on their door and you had that personal in, uh, conversation with that person, when you opened up the word of God and you shared the truth of salvation with them and when you asked that question, would you like to receive this gift? And they prayed and accepted Christ as their savior because you went to their door. Now I know it's the Lord that does it, but God uses people. I think all of us could take a step back and be honest with ourselves and we all could say this, I could do better. I could do better. So how can we do better? First of all, I want you, if you, I want you to write down four words, okay? I'm going to give you some points underneath there. But just, it's more of a teaching time, okay? But the first, when I think about cultivating relationships and and. Um, building um, up to the point where we can share the gospel, the first level is this. Write the word down, cultivating. We have to take time to cultivate the visit that we're going to make. Take a few moments and help that person that you're talking to to feel comfortable with you. All right, now, I'll be honest. Now, this is, this is how Tom trained me, okay? And, and this is all we knew back then. I would knock on the door. I'd say, hi, my name is Jerry. This is Tom. We're from, we're from Jordan Baptist Church. That was the church we were from. And we're in your community today, and we're inviting people to church. Do you have a church you go to? Yeah, I go to St. Albert's. Well, that's great. I'm glad you have an interest in church. But let me ask you a question. If you died right now, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? 
Now, within, within 30 seconds of that visit, I'm asking him the most important question in all of life. Now, I, I think I was 16 when someone said this to me when I asked that question. You die today, you're 100% sure you go to heaven. The guy responded with this question. That is a very personal question. Now, no one ever said that to Tom, so I had no idea what to say to that. I just looked at him and said, uh, you know, you're right. <laughs> and I walked away. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And I thought about that for a while, and I thought, well, you know, that is pretty personal. That's like if I walked up to Brother Shepard and said, hey, Brother Shepard, uh, how much money do you have in your checking account? That, that's pretty personal. But I, I don't have that, that platform to ask a question like that. But may I say this? Listen, all we have to do is take a few moments to cultivate that relationship so that person then feels like and senses, you know what, I'm going to give interest, I'm going to allow this person to enter into my life so that I will respond to this question. Now, one of the things we need to do is get their name. Ask for their name, and, and, and if they give it to you, that, that's a little signal to me that this person is interested. Listen, I know it's, 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 it's a little awkward, I would say, to, to get their name. Uh, I, I use the same, I don't, I don't know where I got this from. I'm not sure if Tom taught it or I don't know if I just picked it up from somebody else. But I always say this, and your name was? What was your name again? Now, they never told me their name. But I, I kind of just sow the seed in their mind like they gave it to me and I just forgot it. And whenever I've done it, and I'm not saying I'm 100% for 100% there. But listen, I, I normally I'd get their name probably 85% of the time. What was your name again? Now, once I get their name, I got I to remember it, all right, and then I got to use it. Because if I don't use it, you lose it. I remember witnessing this guy, um, his name was Bill, but I called him Bob the whole time. I don't know why, but I called him Bob. I said, Bob and glory, Bob and glory, Bob and glory, through the whole thing. And I looked at Bob, and I said, would you like to receive this gift? He said, yes. And I said, glory, would you like to receive it? Yes. And they both prayed and accepted Christ as their Savior. I said, Bob, do you know for sure right now that you're going to heaven? He says, you know, I'm not sure about Bob, but I know Bill's going to heaven. <laughs> and honestly, it, it didn't register. I said, huh? You know, I, was, I was confused. He says, you've been calling me by the wrong name. You know, it, it, so you got to make sure you got the right name. Now, some of those names are pretty tough, aren't they? It's like, how do you spell that? Say that again. Slow down, okay? And, uh, but, man, get their name. Use their name. Listen, from there, pray for discernment. Lord, where should I take this visit? We got to remember, we're cultivating. Listen, if we were going to go out and plant, you know, some, some seed out here in the, in the desert, you're not just going to throw seed out there. You're going to cultivate. You're going to break up the ground a little bit. But now we're going to cultivate. But then second of all, the second word I want you to write down is planting. Listen, now we're going to cultivate. Now we're going to, you know, spend some time talking about, you know, uh, you know the sports or the weather. Stay away from politics, okay? Um, but whatever, you're going you're gonna to cultivate. You're going to kind of build that relationship. But listen, we're not building a relationship just to have a friend. We're building that relationship so we can plant the seed. Don't forget that. That's why we're, that's why if you spend 35 minutes talking about the Cubs and the Dodgers or, or the Giants or, 
or if you're talking about football or whatever you're talking about and you never get around to the gospel, you wasted time. So you want that planting. And what we want to plant is the seed of God's word. They that sow in tears and reap in joy. He that goeth forth, what? Sowing the seed of God's word. We got to share the word of God with people today. Talk to them. I, I like to say this. I said, boy, I, you know, I'm going to ask you a question that you've probably never been asked before in your entire life. Right there, it just creates some curiosity. I wonder what question this is. I wonder if someone has asked me this question before. And then I'll just ask the question. Now make sure you take time to, don't say it like this. If you die today, you're 100% sure you spend eternity in heaven. I mean, really, they had no idea what you just said. Now you all understood it. The reason why, because you've heard it a thousand times. But when you're talking to that person for the very first time and you throw it out there like they're, man, they, they didn't catch it. So slow down. If you die today, are you 100% sure that you'd spend eternity in heaven? Just slow down. Break it up in three little segments there. Let, let that, that question sink in so they're, they'll think about it. You want to plan, then you want to get into, you want to share the scriptures with them. I always like to ask this. If they say, no, I don't know, I don't think so, can anybody know? I always ask this, wouldn't you like to know? I had one guy, and, and this is, I don't know why he came up with this number. I said, if you die today, you're 100% sure. He says, well, I'm about 54% sure. <laughs> you know, I normally get 95 or 90% sure, or I'm about 99%. He comes out with 54, and I, I kind of giggled a little bit, and I said, well, why 54? He said, I don't know. That's the first number that popped into my head. So I said, 54. So in other words, what you're saying is you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And I said this, wouldn't it be pretty cool to know? He said, yeah, I guess it would be. So you want, you, you want to ask, would you like to know? Oh, it, it's so, this is part of the planting. Make sure, listen, make sure that you, you discern, okay, that the person is giving you entrance. Versus just being kind and putting up with you. I mean, we have salespeople come to our home all the time. And, and I try to be kind. I, I'll listen to what they're selling. Solar, yeah, we, you know, we're a solar company. And I'll listen to them and, you know, be kind. I said, I said well, thank you for coming by. Uh, if you take a look, we already have solar. <laughs> it's like, look on the roof before you knock on someone's door. But, so be kind, all right? The third word. So we want, the first word is cultivating. Let's say it. Cultivating, take some time. All right, then we want to do planting. We want to plant the seed, God's word. Number three, watering. Listen, nothing grows without water. We need to take time to water that seed. Now, listen, we're not patient, are we? 
We're not patient. Now, Dr. Iron has, has told me this probably 100 times, probably even more. He said, Brother Firstow, for years, for years until I came here, I'd make a visit, witness to somebody. They didn't get saved. He said, I might go back to that home one other time. Is that correct? Is that patience? Is that long-suffering? I remember going to this house. It was during October. It was during a missions conference. I had a missionary with me. Knocked on the door, and the guy opened up the door. His name was Ernesto. I looked in. I saw the family was eating lunch. It was around 2 o'clock in the afternoon or dinner, whatever they were eating. And, and I said, hi, my name is Jerry from Lancaster Baptist Church. We're in your neighborhood. And inviting folks. Oh, he says, we're new in the area. But he says, you know, I don't have any time where I'm here on my lunch break, and we're eating, and, and I have to go back to work. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I said, let me just leave you a brochure, and, and uh, you, you take a look at this, and we'd love for you to come visit. So he took the brochure, and he started reading it. He said, now, where's this church at? So I thought, okay, well, he's giving me more time. And so I was explaining to him where the church was at. And he said, man, we're going to be there. Man, we're looking for a church. We're just moved here from the San Fernando Valley. We're going to come. I said, great. I said, you know what? Listen, I, I know it's, it, you're going to love coming to our church because it's awesome. But let me ask you. He said, no, i got to go. i got to eat lunch. And so he cut me off. And I said, what's your name? And I got his name and address and all that. And I started walking away. He said, wait a second. So I thought, oh, wow, he's going to give me more time. I turned around. He said, I got one question to ask you. I said, what's that? And he said this, will you remember me? I looked at him and said, Ernesto, I'll never forget you. I could take you to the very house where he lived, and this is probably 15 years ago. Lives on Gem Court over on the west side of Lancaster, right off of 60th Street West between about, about J-12. I went to that house, no lie, no lie. I'm not stretching the truth. No less than 50 times. I thought Ernesto was an alien because I never caught him home. I don't know what happened to him. He just disappeared. I talked to the kids all the time. I caught the wife one time. She was unloading her, her vehicle with groceries. I said, I said, man, I'll help you carry those into the house. No, no, that's okay. I got it, I got it. And she said this, we're going to come visit. We talk about it all the time. The kids are dying to come. I said, will you come? And I remember during one of our open houses, they sat right where the weavers were sitting right there. And I spotted them. I saw them. And I knew this, during the invitation time after Pastor preached, I knew I was making a beeline from that chair to right where they were sitting. I grabbed Ernesto's hand. I said, it is good to see you, Ernesto. I said, I haven't forgotten you. He looked at me and he says, I know you haven't. And I said, Ernesto, do you think it's time that you get saved? He said, I'm ready. Him and his wife and his three daughters, we went out there and, and led them to Christ. Here it is. Not the first visit, not the 25th visit, but the 50th. Are you willing to go back to somebody 50 times? Now, I'll be honest with you, do I go back to every prospect 50 times? No. Because some would shoot me. Those people I send Dr. R, hey, here's a good prospect for you. 
I'll never forget this one. I did this to Brother Hauk. I hope he's not in here. Brother Hauk, are you in here? He'll remember this. this. It was a new movement, and I was reading through all the responses. I didn't make the visit, but someone said, these people are crazy. <laughs> and it said, they have a house full of birds, and, and, and they're just really quackos. And I thought, you know what? This wouldn't be a great one for Brother Hauk to follow up on. <laughs> So I wrote, I made up a new call, and I said, Brother Hawk, this is a great prospect for you to follow up on. Please let me know how it goes. And I, I sent it to him. He came back. <laughs> he said, what are you sending me that? And he started talking about this kooky family, and I just, I couldn't help but start laughing. <laughs> so listen, there's some people you don't want to go back to, okay, send someone else to them, okay, all right? But here it is. You want to make sure that you're cultivating, that you're planting, that you're watering. And here it is. Here's the fourth word. For what reason? Harvesting. We all want to harvest. We all do. I mean, even in our story here, I love this part where Jesus says, I sent you to reap that whereupon you bestowed no labor. In other words, there was people that went to Talk to people about the Lord, they get saved. And you walk away and you say this, man, that was easy. You know why it was easy? Because someone else was laboring. It might have been a grandmother, it might have been a pastor, it might have been a mom or a dad, an aunt or an uncle, whoever, but someone else was laboring, praying for that person, witnessing to that person, sowing the seed and cultivating and watering. And we just kind of entered into their labors. Guess what, when we get to heaven... There's going to be a lot of rejoicing because we're going to see all that we were a part of. You know, today, you, as you go out, and I know the first hour, we're going to, Brother Rule's going to tell you, listen, don't knock on the door at 9 o'clock in the morning, all right? Because people are going to come to the door with their Superman pajamas on, okay? So don't do that, all right? So the first hour, all we're going to ask you to do is just hang flyers. Just go to every door and hang a flyer. Now, if the door says this, please listen. All right, look at your neighbor, see if they're awake. All right, are they awake? All right, everybody awake? All right, listen, if the door says, no soliciting, we found Jesus, we have a vacuum, um, we know who we're going to vote for, we have a job, we don't need solar, please don't knock on my door. Okay, if it says that, don't leave one on. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. And here's another one. If you see a sign that says, no trespassing, or I will shoot you. All right? Send your partner, okay? <laughs> Don't go to that one. All right? If it says just no soliciting and it's off to the side. Okay? Under Armour guy right there. In the, okay, just want to make sure you're awake. I don't want you to make this mistake. All right? You have that unsoliciting sign over to the side, but the door's right here. All right? Put it in the door. All right? If you see a no soliciting sign right on the door, and we have a picture of this where the college student put it right there <laughs> on the no soliciting sign. Do not do that. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Don't do that. All right? Because they took a picture of it and sent it to us and said, I'm not sure what word your church don't, doesn't understand. No or soliciting, because this is what we had right there, all right? So if it's very, very obvious, just skip it, all right? You understand? Does that make sense? But so for the first hour, all we're doing is hanging, 
That's real simple. For the first time, I listen to all of it. Unless, unless, unless you, you walk like a Jehovah Witness. Okay, if you walk like that, you might only get 25 doors done. The rest of us, okay, we ought to get at 50 just by walking like this and place them in the doors. Now, don't be like Brother Iron cut across the grass. All right? You ever see his monster feet? I think they're size 20. When he walks across the grass, he puts craters in there. So don't do that. Just, just walk around. It's good exercise, okay? But ha- just hang it for the first hour. But then from there, after, you know, 10 o'clock, 10.15, then you knock. Then you start practicing what we just talked about. You cultivate. Hi, my name is Jerry from Lancaster Baptist Church, and we have a very special opportunity coming up for our community on October 7th. We call it our open house. And we're going through the entire valley. We're going to every home. And we're inviting folks to come to be a part of this wonderful day. And we sure would love to have you and your family come. And here's a little brochure that talks about that day. And then from there, listen, if you sense, hey, I'm going to take this, they're like kind of like listening to me. I always say something like, are you new in this community? Or have you been here for a long time? And then from there, I just, whatever I see, whatever kind of the Lord puts in my mind, I start talking about. From that point, what I'm trying to do is cultivate. For the purpose is this, because I want to plant. Can I say this? I hope, you can, I hope you'll have a discerning heart and mind. I allow that person to dictate what I do at that door. When I sense that they're pulling away, I let them off the hook. I'll wrap it up, and I'll go to the next door. Here's the reason why. All right, you listening? Because we're going to knock on their door again probably three, four weeks from now. I'll, I'll never forget this visit. This is my last one. I, I think I'm supposed to be done by 9, 8.30, and I'll be right on time. I was over in East Palmdale knocking on doors, and it was during the summertime. It was like this. Maybe it was the fall season, but it was warm out. Came up to this door, and the, the door was open because I was able to see right through the house. They had a screen door, so I knew somebody was home. So I knocked on the door, and, and it, it wasn't like a meek, quiet spirit, voice coming back at me. It was a female. What do you want? You know. I said, hi, my name's Jerry from a Lancaster Baptist Church. I'm atheist. Okay. All right. I said, I'm sorry if I caught you at a bad time. And I still haven't seen her. But then I heard her. Where are you from again? Lancaster Baptist Church. What's your name? Mark Rasmussen. Yeah. You think I'm going to give him my name? No way. And then she opened up the door. And I'm thinking, man, is she going to hit me? Is she like my big sister that's going to hit me? <laughs> and she says, you not. Your people are nice. And I thought, whoa, this might be an opportunity. She says, you guys are not like the Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons. And I said, you know what? You're right. We're not. She says, you guys are kind. You know when to leave. 
She said, Jehovah Witness, they never leave. Mormons, they, they always want to argue. And I thought, and I, and I would smile and say, wow, you know, God's kind of opening the door here. And I, and, and I said, well, let me give you a brochure. She said, didn't I tell you I was atheist? I said, yeah, but you know, take a brochure. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to bite you. She said, okay, I'll take one. So she took it. And she looked at it. She said, now, don't, don't forget, I'm atheist. I said, ma'am, I hope you have a wonderful day and love to see us sometimes. She said, I'm an atheist. So I started walking away, and she said, hey, wait a second. Turned around, and she said this. But if I ever went to a church, it'd be yours. I walked away with this. I said, you know what? Our folks are doing it right. We know when to leave. We know when the door is kind of closing. Just go to the next door. Because you, do you realize that maybe 10, 15, 20 doors down the road, someone's there waiting and longing to find the answer to life? So may I challenge you as you go out? Let's first of all realize that God wants to use us. But also let's realize Let's do our part because just like Jesus, at 12 years old, he said this, I've come to do my father's business. Do you realize what it says in John chapter 20? As my father has sent me, even so send I you. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. Now listen, we could do the seeking, but we definitely are not going to do the saving but we can't lead them to the wonderful knowledge of Christ. And then one day, we'll say like Jesus, it's finished. My labor's done. But today, can I challenge you? Can we labor together for the sake of the gospel? Can we begin praying, Lord, I want to have fruit. I want to reap. Yes, I don't mind planting. I don't mind cultivating. I don't mind watering. But Lord, I, I sure like to see some harvesting. When was the last time that you personally, that you personally opened up God's word and that you personally led somebody to Christ at their doorstep or inside their living room? Now, we, we talk about it. But when was the last time? You know, somebody might say, well, I did Saturday. You know what? Today's a new day. Some might say it's been, it's been several weeks. Some might say it's been a couple months. But may I say this? Let's go out today looking, searching for that one that we could talk to. Yes, we want to give thousands of invitations out. And yes, we want to get names down and addresses down. And yes, the, the, the challenge is, I believe, is to conquer a whole city today. And for that to take place, we need everybody to be on board. There's not one person that can say, you know what, this is not for me. No, it's for all of us. 
We need to all be in. Question, are you ready today? Let's stand together. Father, I pray that you'd work in our hearts. And, and Lord, I know this wasn't preaching this morning. But Lord, I do believe that we need to spend time cultivating, planting, watering, so that we can see a harvest. I pray that you work in the hearts of these, of these students, and I pray that you'd use them. Help them, Lord. I pray for those that are just a little bit more timid and shy and maybe unsure. Lord, I pray that something takes place today like what took place in my life when I realized that you would use somebody like me. May they realize today that you could use somebody like them. And Lord, I pray that we'd be, we would have that laser-like focus. Just like Jesus at 12 years old, I must be about my Father's business. And may at the end of the day, we would be able to say, well, he said on the cross, it is finished. Lord, we conquered a city for Christ today. Now, with our heads bowed and our eyes are closed, if, and it just, you know, even if you just prayed there in your seat, you don't need to come up front. But if you'd pray and say, Lord, I want you to use me today in the upcoming days leading into our open house to have somebody in this church on October 7th that otherwise wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my invitation, my interaction with that person. How many of you raise your hands? You want? I want that. Raise your hand. I want that. My hand is raised. I want that. And I've been working it. I've had lunches and I, I've, I've talked to people. I've texted people. But let's pray right now. Let's bend a knee and bend a heart and humble a heart. And let's pray as the piano plays just for like one minute. Say, Lord, use me. Lord, help me to get out of my comfort zone. Help me to be about my father's business. Lord, use me. Father, I pray that you'd use us this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would grant every prayer that's being prayed to you. Father, I pray that you'd use me this morning. Father, I pray that you would lead a family that my life would intersect with their life. And Lord, I'd have a conversation with them and invite them and commit them to be here. Lord, I pray that you'd give me an opportunity to share your gospel message the life-changing message of Jesus Christ with somebody today. And Father, I pray that you'd use us. Lord, help us all to realize that we must be about our Father's business. And Lord, I pray that we accomplish the task at hand. May we conquer a city today. We've never done that before, but may it be done today.
And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.